Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Podcast at gmail.com is our email address. And Gordon, we got some big news today to kick off the show. Yes. News. I love news, man. Anytime we get news during this time of the year or any time of the year of 2020, it's a great day to have news because that's what we need. We need news. We don't have as many run races and track meets and cross-country meets, but we got news. It's a good day. What's the news? Yeah. The news is this. Uh, two-time NCAA individual champion from New Mexico, Wayne Kalati is going pro. She signed with Under Armour and will join the Dark Sky Distance group out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, your first thoughts, your first reactions to this news? Uh, surprised, but also not surprised at the same time. It makes sense. I think she's striking while the iron is hot. And, you know, we're you kind of think about her, where she is in her shoes, where she's like, okay, I have a cross-country season that are coming up, but it's going to be weird. You have the indoor cross-country double. Uh, she's already been at school for, I think, four years now. So all these extra years of eligibility that she has in cross and indoor and outdoor kind of feel like, She's already accomplished what she wanted. She got her individual title, especially on the cross-country scene. So when an offer comes out for her, you can't – it's kind of hard to refuse. It's kind of hard to prioritize another NCAA title over a paycheck and a, and a career in running. Not many people get a career in running. A lot more people will win NCAA titles than sign professional track contracts. So mm. that's – a win in itself, being able to get a professional contract. And it looks like she fell in love with uh, the team out in Flagstaff, and she's joining Under Armour, the Dark Sky Distance team. Uh, they have a lot of uh, – they have another, you know, notable international NCAA 10K runner in Sharon Lucchetti. So teaming up with her will be fun for her. She's raced against her multiple times in the NCAA scene. But I like the move for her. Uh, 
she's already done what she needed to do in New Mexico, and now it's on for bigger and better things. And hey, it's it's hard for international NCAA athletes a lot of times to get contracts, and she got one. And uh, this is a big day for her. So I'm happy for her. Happy for Under Armour. They got a good athlete, and uh, should be should be an interesting few next few years to see what she can do training on U.S. soil in Flagstaff and uh, how many Olympic teams she can make and how she can improve her times now training on the professional schedule as opposed to the New Mexico schedule. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this before because of the current situation that we're right now. There's so much uncertainty around professional contracts, and it took a while for us to see the first person actually get signed. And I'm sure that just added to her motivation. If a deal is out there to get it, sign it, make sure you lock something in. We saw two NCAA titles for Wayne Kalati. I'm guessing we could have seen at least two more if she continued throughout her career, possibly maybe three, four with indoor, outdoor, and, and cross country. She certainly would have been the favorite in the spring cross country championship. We talked about her doing the 5,000 cross-country double then outdoors obviously the 10,000 she is the reigning champion she would have been the favorite there too but this is a this is an interesting an interesting move for her you mentioned um her future internationally you know she's the fastest person right now in the five and ten in Eritrea if you go back and you and you look over the last couple of years so really all she needs to do to, to make Olympic teams is hit that standard, is hit that standard. So now the focus can completely turn to getting under 1510 in the 5,000, getting under 3125 in the 10,000, and then she's on teams. She's on teams. She doesn't need to worry about going through a trials process, um, and she's going to get that international experience. I think long-term, she's got a really promising future on the roads as well, too. I've said that ever since we went and filmed the workout with her last year, and she dropped uh, both Lincoln and myself when we were riding bikes. Uh, granted, we were not we were not accustomed to the altitude. She was, so I I want to rematch at some point. Um, she just looked so smooth, so efficient um, when we saw her. I thought this is someone who's going to be good at the roads eventually when she gets to that point. But I think anytime you can get somebody who's going to be making teams, you know, and finishing potentially top fifteen, top ten internationally. Um, that's, that's important, right? Just cause get, getting to that race is so much of the battle in, in high level track. Yeah. I mean, it's also going to be interesting to see, does she take a, a leap forward? Like a, how big of a leap forward does she take? Is it going to be a small leap forward or big? Cause right now when she's racing the NCAA system, she was, definitely in a different class the past few seasons especially mm -hmm. basically ever since outdoor last outdoor 2019 uh she was what she got i think she got like third and second in indoors in 2019 mm -hmm. and then outdoors she just won the 10k and then rode that into cross country and no one could touch her and cross even though she did actually i looked it up she did lose and uh i think that the pre-nat or nutty comb last in 2019 but then mm -hmm. clearly it was a fluke because she went on to i think she lost alicia monson yeah but then she went on to uh win ncaa's handedly um but yeah i'm excited to see uh what she looks like when she starts racing better 
faster, bigger competition. Um, will mm-hmm. she? She she started kind of getting her feet wet in that world. She's been doing the Millerose three k a few times. Mm-hmm. She entered that Prefontaine race. Yep. Uh, in the, was it a three k that they were running? Yep. I think. So she's already starting to get her feet wet on the the pro circuit, but now she uh, being f- fully focused, ready to go. I th- um, we'll be able to really see what her potential is. I don't think we know yet. We still have to wait. I mean, we might find out in later this week uh, when she's running. I think she's running the ten k at the track meet, probably going for a Olympic standard. We'll be able to see like, oh, okay, yeah, she's all automatically a player right away. Um, mm-hmm. We just have to wait and see. It's unknown. I mean, it's unknown for all these athletes. Let's be honest. None of them have run in a year. They could be out of shape or they could be in the best shape of their life. We have no idea. Um, so it's really hard I to think put she's, this. The, the gambling line on her is unknown right now, I think. Yeah, I mean, the, I see it as, as two paths. She really focuses on the on the 5 and 10 and maybe even more in the 10 because it seems like she really excels in those longer distances. And she's never really been pushed at the – collegiate level to a like she's run so many races where she's just out front by herself basically is my point and even in that ncaa race last year it was very dramatic at the end with uh cardama baez closing on her in the very end but that was after kaladi had this really 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 big lead and then baez catches her and then she she jets away there at the end so she really hasn't had a a ton of experience running you know fast ten thousand meter races so i think one path one path for her would be she focuses on the 10. Like I said, she's going to be able to make teams. You know, she gets in an Olympics. She gets in a world championships. And, and maybe we've seen that anything can happen in those races. Maybe she's able to, to squeak out a really, really good finish. Or she goes she goes to the roads and maybe she's someone who has, in the marathon, you know, can run 220 low in the marathon and makes a career that way as well too. Like there's two, there's two good paths available for her but i just i feel like we're kind of seeing the the beginning because of just um you're right this last year she's been she's been running a lot of races where she's been doing a lot of the work running hard from from the front and now you're like you said starting this weekend at the track meet she's just going to get to hop in and kind of get pulled along for the ride which will be which will be a good test for her early on in her pro career yeah imagine what it feels like to be able to sign on the dotted line that you're going to be a professional athlete. She probably signed it, what, a few days ago or a week ago. And you also get to be like, looks like I don't have to sign up for uh, the uh, Zoom semester of spring classes at New Mexico. She can be like, <laughs> oh, thank God. I don't have to worry about taking, you know, calculus 304 or whatever. She's studying. I think she's I done. Know. I think she's done yeah. with school. I think that was I think that was part of it. Like, I think she graduated um, and finished up last year. So I think she's, she's good on all that stuff. Um, the altitude, though, going to Flagstaff won't be as big of an adjustment because she's been at Albuquerque these last few years. So that makes in a makes sense too, from a training standpoint. Yeah, and I mean, from a NCA standpoint, she had two years of eligibility in cross left. I believe mm-hmm. she had two years of indoor left because everyone gets a mulligan for the indoor season. And she had two years of outdoor left. So she's kind of leaving with a full half of a career of NCAA left on Mm -hmm. the table. Um, Goes to show how important it is to get a contract when you can. Um, And that, you know, typically you don't, I mean, 
we've been sometimes we we've been kind of going through uh, hills and valleys of distance athletes going pro early. You know, you have mm-hmm. like a Donovan Brazier going after freshman year, and Clayton Murphy left after three years. Bryce Hopple, I think, left early as well. Um, but normally, it's like you leave right away or you wait till all four years are done. Um, Wendy Kalati's kind of leaving really halfway through, but COVID kind of made it. She technically feels like she's already completed everything because she's kind of like already a senior. She's already graduated, but mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of looking at it. You're like, whoa, she still could have, you know, she said she could have won two or three more NCAA titles. She could have won a lot more. She could have won two more cross-country titles. She could have mm-hmm. won two two or three more track outdoor titles, two indoor titles. So she could have turned into the Ed Cheserek on the women's side of Racking up NCAA titles, but hey, hey, money is better than a an NCAA participation trophy. Yeah. Well, once you've proven it, then yeah. hey, I can be an NCAA champion. Hey, I'm the best runner in the NCAA, which it kind of brings us to our next point. What impact is this going to have on the NCAA scene? Because if she did stay, you know, who would have been her competition? You know, the next top returner was Whitney Orton, who got seventh and Whitney Orton's a great runner, but I think we all would have favored Kaladi in that matchup. Let's start first, though, looking at how this impacts New Mexico, because this is a team that you said would be on the podium and potentially could have crept their way into the national title picture as well, too, with Kaladi, with some key transfers, and with just the the experience that, that Joe Franklin brings to the table. I'm guessing, I haven't looked at your spreadsheets, but I'm guessing, Gordon, on your spreadsheets that you take Kaladi out, you're essentially adding 50, 60 points to New Mexico's team score. Does this take them out of the podium conversation for next year? Assuming there is a cross-country season, which we're going to assume mean, for the purposes of this episode. It definitely takes them out of the like NCAA title hunt because like you're adding mm-hmm. 50 or 60 points. They did have a lot of depth, that's for sure. New Mexico still was going to be a good team. They still return a bunch of guys, uh, ladies, not guys, ladies. Uh, they still have some good transfers coming in. Um, I mean, New Mexico is going to be New Mexico with or without Kaladi, right? They're going to continue to, I mean, they're able to have Edna Kurgat leave and still shine after that. They'll be able to still mm-hmm. be good here. They definitely had, though, an opportunity to win, I think. That opportunity is much less now. Um, like you said, they add 60 points basically to their score because they're, repa- they're replacing their number, Wendy Kalati, with their sixth woman. If you, if you look at it that way, it's like, okay, that's a big mm-hmm. difference, right? A one stick versus your your sixth stick. So um, I think they're still going to be in the podium contention, but I think they're going to be like a good day is fourth or third and a, and a bad day is 12th. You know, I think they'll be in that right. range. Again, it's still unknown. We don't know who's running, and the whole spring cross-country season is weird from the get-go anyway, but it definitely takes them out of the challenging NC State and Stanford world, in in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, that that tracks, and it's not like – well, actually, I don't know because I don't know how things are going this year, but it's not like you can immediately throw in a grad transfer – to fill her spot. It seems like that would be difficult to do. It's not like this happened at the very end of track season. And then you have time to yeah. fill somebody in. We're in 
we're, we are at the end of the semester, but it seems like it'd be pretty difficult to immediately plug somebody in for a for a March championship there. So which which teams then now can creep in on the women's side? Well, let's just talk cross country first, and then we'll go um, and talk track. Which which teams will be able to take advantage of this? Again, NC State and Stanford. It was like a, a three way championship battle between. NC State, Stanford, New Mexico. Now it's a two-way between NC State and Stanford. Um, I don't really know of another team that's really all of a sudden be like, the door is opening. I think it really is a hodgepodge of teams after those two. You know, you have the Michigan, Colorado, Florida State, Michigan State, Washington, BYU, Arkansas mm -hmm. looking better. They've been running well. So, like, I don't know. It's I've kind of, to be honest, given up a bit on trying to get a read on the on the cross country season because of all these. Don't give up. We got changes. we got a great hypothetical. We have a great hypothetical here. Don't give up. This is when you need to shine. This is when you need to be at your best right now. Okay. You have okay. the number one runner. You have the number one runner and a podium team with a chance of winning the title going pro. There's just all sorts of permutations of what can happen next. We need you locked and loaded here. I think the biggest permutation more. is Whitney Orton is probably be like, I'm getting my title. Like, <laughs> like she probably was, she was running for second. She was going into the season running for second. And now she's like, wait a minute. Second is now first. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I might become an NCAA champion in my final senior year. So uh, I think the biggest permutation is Whitney Orton all of a sudden is like, Hey, I might be an NCAA champion. So. Yeah, and she's she was seventh last year, and she ends up being the top returner based on everybody leaving. I don't know how common that is for seventh to be the top returner the next year, but Kaladi gone, Monson gone, Izzo and Werner out of cross eligibility, and then her two teammates Burke and Wayman out of uh, um, out of eligibility. So it falls to to Orton there, seventh. That's pretty remarkable if you think about it and you also think about whitney orton more as a miler so to think that she'd get her first title in, cro in cross country is is a bit strange too yeah that is strange when we think about it um i did text joe franklin is winnie kaladi going pro I, I texted him like a week ago he totally ghosted me <laughs> and i guess i, I should have just great. taken the ghosting of like a confirmation of you know, like that's a yes uh, yeah, but, man. Why can't you just tell me, man? I asked you. Yeah. It's like, is she going pro? And you're like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna respond. You know, I should I should have baited him in by like asking a question that he would respond to. So then you well, have like the text you already coming in, and then I follow up with it. So I know he's looking at his phone. So you can't just ignore the text. He could probably pretend like, oh, I didn't see it. So I I, I screwed that one up. Well, I gave you a because I had heard rumors, but I gave you a question. To ask, do you remember what it was? He probably he's too oh, smart. Yeah. He would have caught up. Yeah, you gave me. Well, he told me like, are there any changes to the team or something like that? Roster, roster, any change? Roster yeah. change that you didn't know about? <laughs> Your idea was probably better. Where you just be like, hey, Joe, how are things out in Albuquerque? Oh, they're good. Gordon, how are you? Hey, so let me cut to the chase here. I have a question. Now that I know you're on your phone, can you tell me something? So, Gordon, other than Whitney Orton. Who else could potentially enter this cross country 
title chase now that Kaladi is a pro? So I think uh, first I start with the Stanford duo of Ella Donahue and Jessica Lawson. Now we have no idea what type of shape they're in because Stanford did not compete during the COVID season. Um, but they are the, the other two top returners. They finished eighth and 11th last year. Um, so maybe I'll go more with Ella Donahue, but I, for some reason, I just don't believe in one of them as being an individual champion. For some reason, they just, they seem like a, a really strong duo that's going to finish top five or top 10 together. But for some reason, I just don't picture them as NCAA champions. I think, you know, the other potentials you have like Bethany Haas, she's run well. Mm -hmm. She had ran a, she had a good indoor season from Minnesota. I got to put my girl, Mercy Chilangat, up in that mix mm -hmm. from Alabama. Mercy. She won SEC. Mercy Chilangat, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> and then it kind of gets into slim pickings. I mean, maybe, hey, hey, dare I say it? Caitlin Tui? Caitlin Tui. Okay. We have no idea. You said it. Maybe, you said it. Maybe Caitlin Tui comes in and it's like, this is my time to shine. We don't know what type of fitness she's in, uh, where she is to the, the winter cross-country season. So I don't know. But right now, there really isn't a single athlete that really stands out outside of Whitney Orton. And I think a big reason for that is most of these athletes, you know, they didn't have an indoor championship or an outdoor championship last year to put together a impressive top three finish in a 5K, a 10K, a mile, or a 3K, right? None of mm -hmm. them have that, right? And so we're going off of such old resume points that, you know, I pro this probably, there's probably three names I haven't even said yet or that yeah. I'm not even thinking of that could finish in the top five. And we're like, wait, where do they come from? It's like, well, you see, like, it's been two years since you're basing your stats off of, so it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna see if this woman is run. Let me check. Hold on. Let me check her T first. Well, let me just say sure. this: you mentioned that we're going off of old resumes, but what we're also doing is anybody who had a resume to begin with is gone. We're like taking them out. So it was yeah. already hard to figure out who was running, and then the few knowns that we did have the Wayne Kaladis, the Alicia Monsons of the world are not there anymore. So then you're left with the top returner being the person who got seventh last year. The next two are at eight and 11. And then you're going to get into a bunch of newcomers that we have no idea, no idea what they're capable of, particularly in a championship setting. This is just going to be a complete shot in the dark championship year, I think for the NCAAs um, and particularly yeah. now for the women because there's been so much, so much change. You could argue maybe Dorcas Wasick of Louisville. She was 14th mm -hmm. in 2018, redshirt of 2019, um, kind of was coming back from injury. So maybe she pops off a fast one and is back to health. I don't know, man. Yeah, it is slim pickings to know who mm -hmm. is going to be the one that shines. Hey, I, if I had a, Bet outside of Orton. Screw it. Just give me Caitlin Tui. I'm I'll take Caitlin Tui right now. <laughs> uh, because she's more of a known product right now than the other women. 
as mm. weird as that is, as weird as that sounds, you know. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's the uh, the women's race is wide open outside of Orton. Gordon, I want to talk a little bit about indoors, which I know has just as many question marks as cross country. And if they do it, it's only a couple of days later, or sorry, a couple of days earlier. So there's a lot of mystery there. But I just have one tidbit for you. I think we might have witnessed, in retrospect, the greatest redshirt decision of all time by Lance Harder at Arkansas. Now, this, of course, is complicated by the fact that the 2020 indoor championships were canceled. So obviously, anybody who, who didn't run that um, is it looking like a genius in retrospect. But put that aside for a second. His top two runners, Taylor Warner, Katie Izzo, Warner in particular, because that would have been Warner's last go-around at indoors. Uh, he redshirted them last year because he wanted them to be available for the home national championships this year in Fayetteville. So she's going to come back this year for her last year at indoors, and she will not have to race Wayne Kalani. She will not have to race Alicia Monson, and she will not have to race Whitney Orton. Those three uh, are all gone. And Katie Izzo, I know she's got a little bit more eligibility, but she's a title contender Two, so you could see one, two, I think, from Arkansas, potentially uh, in the three and the five this year. That's my that's my big takeaway from from looking at this Kaladi decision and how it impacts indoors, just the Arkansas decision in retrospect. Yeah, and Arkansas isn't now just uh, Izzo and Warner, right? They also mm-hmm. have a really good uh, freshman now. Um, what's her name? Taylor Ewart. Taylor Ewart. Taylor Ewart. So, like – they are ready to roll. Like we, we talked, I talked about jokingly. You know, that five seniors or was it four or five seniors on the cross country squad last year? It was four, 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 four plus, four plus know, Gregory. Yeah, yeah. You go, you're going all in on the 2019 season, and then you're gonna see what happens, rebuilds from there. But now with the the Kaladi going pro, the COVID kind of changing things up. Arkansas is now a major player. I think again, they're still be good. They're going to be good in cross again. And I now you mention it, their indoor squad is going to be stacked. When you bring in Izzo, when you bring in Warner, Taylor, you are they're going to be able to rack up all the points on distance and maybe even more because mm-hmm. we talk about there are going to be a lot of distance athletes who are just going to, you know, go all in on cross country. But Izzo and Warner don't need to worry about that. They can go all in on right. indoor. So they're for sure going to see there. Maybe not. Maybe Stanford doesn't even bother running, you know, Donahue and Lawson and indoors. And then that just makes it even easier. Like they could, they could probably maybe go one, two, and it feel like a, like a, like a low, low key, like it's not going to be like too hard effort. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they might even be able to like get by by like throwing them in like the DMR and do a DMR 5K, 3K triple, like, or mm-hmm. uh, a mile 5K, mile 3K triple, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but like, you just look at the rest of the field, the field's gonna be watered down because of the cross country double. Yeah. And they're just gonna be ready to roll. So, and then I, I'm trying to look up if they have any other like, good non-distance athletes. Um, mm-hmm. They have Gianna Edwards, who's an okay hurdler. They have an all right four by four. I'm trying to see if they have any pole vaulting. They're still very good. So they'll be six, able to score points. Six pole vaulters. They'll go yeah, one six, six pole, pole vault. Yeah. 
it's just tradition. They, they I, might need a they might need a couple more points here and there, but overall, they're going to be able to rack up big time in distance because of this this Wayne Kalati news. Well, I could see Werner getting called to do at least obviously two events, but potentially three. I think you're you're 100 percent right there. Nine of the 16 is what I'm counting from last year um, are back when you take out the seniors and the people who went pro in the 3K and the 5K. But again, last year's 3K and 5K was not star-studded. Remember, that was the theme of last year. We were waiting to see which stars emerged. Yeah, we knew about Kaladi and Monson and Orton on the distance side of things, but everybody else was was more of a was more of a mystery. Um, I'm looking here actually. Izzo did not redshirt last year because she was entered in the 3k so yeah uh his, his decision to redshirt uh taylor werner uh that was the big is, one was that was that was the stroke of genius yeah there yeah i mean you say the nine of 16 returned but there was only nine runners who were sub nine minutes and right you have to be sub nine minutes to be to be legit or in may not do it right? Because she might just be focusing on cross. Now she might be even more focused on cross because she realizes, hey, I can win cross. Monson is gone. Kaladi's gone. Donahue and Lawson mm -hmm. might not run because they'll focus on cross country. Izzo will stay. Katie Rainsberger of Washington will still be there. And then Grace Forbes, a uh, sophomore from Rice, is there. So mm -hmm. like, if you had to do Katie Izzo, Taylor Warner versus Grace Forbes... I think Lance Harder likes likes his odds. So yeah, it's, it's well. There's going to be a lot of new. Wow. There's going to be a lot of new people. There's going to be a lot of new people in here. I think yeah. you're right. You know, because you know, the twoies of the world will obviously make a run at it, and we're looking at a new a new generation, a new crop in there and yeah. excelling. I just I just think it's interesting because you have you know the the, the possibility last year if Warner ran that. You know, Werner v. Monson v. Kaladi would have been this, and and the way Orton was running indoors, she would have been right there as well too in the in the three thousand. And then all those people leave, and she's she's left there, and she's good on her own. We saw that last year at BU when she ran um, that really really fast time. But now it just things things open up for her. So someone's gonna need to really 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 impress in the next couple months. Otherwise, that looks like a that looks like. Um, some big points for Arkansas in those events. Yeah. Um, and then New Mexico, I guess, looking at New Mexico, when we want to think about who's like the next, because, you know, they had the Alice Wright era and then the Edna Kurgat era. Um, mm -hmm. there, there is one New Mexico athlete, I think, that we should start potentially keeping our eye on. Um, mm -hmm. Let me bring up her name. So obviously Ava Cohen and Hannah Nuttall are still there, but they've been there for a few years. But the one athlete I think that we should start really looking into is Samira M. What? Excuse me, Samira Mabruta Mabrutu. I'm bring up mm -hmm. where she's from. I think she's from Eritrea. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of her? Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. She she's yeah. the she's the new one to the team this year, correct? And she was the one yeah. that was going to fill in that missing piece and keep New Mexico in that you know, title hunt and particularly in in the podium mix. Now that's obviously changed, but yeah, I mean, Joe Franklin, this is, he's good at this. 
This is what he does. So I think she could develop in, into something. It may not be by March. It may be by yeah. next November or maybe the a little bit after that. But yeah, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be fine long term. But nobody is gonna be able to recover from you lost not just your number one runner, but the best runner in the nation. And you can't you can't yeah. be the same team after that. No one would be. You know? It'd be like isn't Alabama it, losing it, Mercy Chalangat. I mean, how would how would Alabama <laughs> cope with dealing Mercy how would you deal with Alabama losing Mercy Chalangat? You'd have nothing to talk you know, Mer- about on the show. All, all I know that if Mercy Chalangat now goes on and wins NCAAs, we definitely gotta bring back that pod where I ranked Mercy Chilangat seventh in the NCAA. And everyone's like, You're, you and Lincoln are like, who? And then she goes on to no, win No, no, no. Was, Lincoln was on that pod with you. That was one of Lincoln's bad takes. Okay. Before he disrespected Wade Van Niekerk, he was uh, skeptical of Mercy Chilangat. I, I knew that she made the indoor meet, so and she didn't get a chance to run the indoor meet. So it's like, well, you don't know how good she would have yeah. done. And there's not – you know, who else are you going to pick? Who else is out there? Exactly. Exactly. I, uh, what was gonna say? Oh, dang it! I had I had one really good uh, take. Uh, New remember. Mexico. No, it had nothing to do with that. Ah. Oh yeah, no. Here is, oh. I gotta remember. Um, who would have thought? Did has Danny Jones signed with a shoe sponsor yet? No, not that I've seen. Isn't that wild? That yeah, Wayne Kalati. Gets a, 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 a sponsorship before Danny Jones. Well, Kalati, Monson, Nia Akins. Who else? Is there anybody else out there who's gotten uh, one on the women's side of things? I know of. Obviously, the men had you know, Klecker and Oliver Hoare. Yeah. Yeah, she's in a group. I guess I'm. they're working on something because she's in a group and she's training, training with folks. Um, I just saw this and maybe you and Lincoln are – oh, no, you and I are doing it again tomorrow, aren't we? I don't even know who's doing what podcast. But uh, Centro is running the the track meet this week. And also Shelby Houlihan is running the 5,000 at the track oh, meet wow. this week. Which is kind of crazy because her, her season ended. Her track season ended several – like that feels like a year ago when she was running those Bowerman time trial races and now she's back. In, in December, uh, I'm guessing this is, is just meet on the standard. Is this meet on Friday or Saturday? The half of it is on Friday, half is on Saturday. They're doing the fives one night and the tens the other night because they have a lot of heats. They have a lot of heats, and you know you, they need to give Nico Young his own his own day so that way you can fully you know watch <laughs> it, process it, and and get your get your takes in order for next week. Or actually, it's more like your Louis G takes. Because I feel like you've given yeah. up on Nico, and now now you're on the Louis G train, which uh, is a surprise, surprising turn of events. I want to see a Louis G versus Yair Nagus 3K. That's what I want to see. Well, you're like about to wild. see a you're about to see a Nico Young versus Centro 5K. How about that? Uh, Centro's in like the slow 5K heat. Well, there's a lot of heats. He's in the – you could say the slow one or you could say the second fastest. See, if I was running, I would say I'm in the second fastest. But I guess if you're an Olympic champion, anything the except the heat. fastest is the slow heat. Yeah, it is – let me I look at this. They, they had – well, he said – he posted something on Instagram about how it's like race week. So I feel like if you're going to race, you're going to race. He is – Or you're going to troll, you're going to troll. Yeah, that's, that works too. Yeah, hey guys, I guess. Yeah, he's going out there to jog 3K. He is – 
in the 1330 group. In the 1315 group, I'm trying to see if they added anybody else here. Well, you're just going to get the Louis G. Drew Hunter rematch with Blankenship, Cooper Tier thrown in there. Some other some other good names as well. But I've just seen a... No. 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 I've just seen a lot of people post this like race week on their Instagram and not say what race it is. And now I'm starting to assume that it's they're they're talking about the track meet because there's no other meet going on. I thought maybe yeah. Bowerman was doing a secret meet again. But if Bowerman's not doing a secret meet, then I don't think anybody's doing a secret meet. Um and then of course we could also talk about this tomorrow that Valencia half marathon and marathon is shaping up to be really interesting with uh Emily Sisson going for the American record in the half. And then you have Latensigvet Gaday, the women's five thousand record holder, world record holder is in the half. The men's half is stacked, and then the women's full has, of course, Jordan to say. So it's going to be a good race. Yeah. So that's live on flow as well. So that'll be exciting to watch this weekend. Good weekend of track. We talk about no track, no track races. Now we got the track meet with all the stars and the Valencia Marathon on flow track. It's going to be good. It's going to be a good yeah. time. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a good and, couple of days. Yeah. All right. What color will uh, Winnie Kalati's kit be? Is it going to be white I mean, or black? Oh, I'm just saying he's got to be. You got to have a turquoise trim. You got to customize it, you know, for New Mexico. You got to be. <laughs> I don't uh, think she's at that level where she can custom. I mean, it took Stephen oh, Curry yeah. like 15 <laughs> years before he got his own brand. I don't think Winnie Kalati can get her own brand with uh, Under Armour yet. Just the just the uh, just the trim. They should. Everybody should have the same jersey, and then you and then you just change up the trim. You customize the trim. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to say. I'm going to say black. I think she's going to go. Black going with for white. this 10K debut. I'm excited to see it. All right, we'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for uh, to everybody for listening and downloading. Thanks to Lon for producing, especially today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.